Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich Davenport, and today uh, we have my good friend Rich Vasquez joining me to talk Candyman. We can only say that four more times, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rich, how how are you, man? How's it going? It's going good. It was interesting kind of binging Candyman again. No, not again. I've never binged before, but and I, I will never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah, that's so. Wh- okay, so where do you stand on Candyman? Like orig- the original Candyman? How do you like rate that as a horror fan? Where do you rate that? So, the interesting thing to me doing this whole uh, thing of just watching as many of, uh, as many of them as I can and as much as I can, the uh, and there's one that I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's interesting to me that Candyman, I think in, in the black community is considered black horror. Right. And and I was I was thinking today, like how much screen time total between all of the series does uh Tony Todd actually get? <laughs> like maybe five minutes each film. Yeah. Yeah, he's average. not in it much, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I didn't realize until I watched the more recent Candyman, I don't want to say unbearably white, but how unbearably white <laughs> <laughs> the other Candyman shows were. They but really we still, are, right? <laughs> but uh, we still loved it as, as kids. And mm-hmm. that was the, it's almost like Black Panther for horror to right. some extent. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I still, I still like the original. It's probably more nostalgia. It's kind of like going back and watching batman and wonder woman and realizing <laughs> i i watched that and i loved it but i, I think candy man rises above that i still think oh yeah definitely yeah yeah but no those you know the older shows like batman and wonder woman and even like the 89 batman film like palettes were different back then you know like yes. their cinematic palettes were way different back then yeah, absolutely what, what we were willing to accept was <laughs> there but so for me, like Candyman, I think came out, I came out the year that we graduated, I think. 92. I think so, 92. Yeah. yeah. So it, like that was, that was the year that you and I were going to the movies all the time, but we never made it to this movie, did we? Did this movie even show in Dover? I don't remember. I can't understand how I would have seen it otherwise. Yeah. But I feel like the first time I ever saw it, I saw it at a video store. I worked at Blockbuster yeah, Video. We still college, had, that's, you know? yeah, that's probably how I saw it too, blockbuster. There was one just two blocks from my house. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, I'm, I'm a slasher horror fan. It felt mm-hmm. like the last gasp of like the horror slasher era, you know, right before Wes Craven's new nightmare, which was <laughs> questionable. <laughs> well, and, and, and after watching all of these, I love the fact that they never show anyone getting killed with the hook. Because right. the way he's killing them with the hook does not make sense. He's like just <laughs> thrusting it through them. Yeah. With the round end that right. does not go through anything. Right. It's like not the most the sharp frust- <laughs> Yeah. It's like the most frustrating way to kill anybody. And so, and I don't think in any of the films do they ever show him killing somebody with the hook. They just right. like, well, not with the hook in scene. Right, just the just the after effect usually, right? Yeah. It's usually yeah. the after effect, or it, like you said punching it through someone which I mean, all right i mean if he's if he's supernatural why not yeah. i guess he could yeah. punch a dull object through someone he's freaking candy man what what I, yeah yeah what do i know <laughs> i don't know i'm not candy man so i you know 
So, okay, so we've got some good background in in horror, you and I, and and we've both seen the originals of the or the original, and then and then the sequel, which doubles down on the whole white savior BS of the first movie. Which that's going back and watching it this time, going back and watching the first one. Holy cow! They spent. I mean, I know it's I know it's Helen's like journey. <laughs> But they even go so far as to make it, like you said, less about Candyman and more about her. So why is it even called Candyman by that point? Yeah. You know? So and and of course she's got to save the black baby. And in the sequel, the girl, the I can't remember the girl who's she's related to Candyman somehow. She's the granddaughter, great granddaughter of Candyman. Yeah, I think she's the mother of the Baywatch girl. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Then, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the third that's right. The God. prequel or God. <laughs> that thing was terrible. Terrible. But even in that one, they go so far as to she's literally got to save black kids. In the, it's it it made me think of like dangerous minds. You know, like yeah. the Michelle Pfeiffer Dangerous Minds movie, that whole like, I, was, I, I, I it just never rang true to me. And and coming to this movie, now I'm a huge Jordan Peele fan. I I I've never watched any of his comedy. Never watched any of his comedy stuff. What? But I I really I haven't. I haven't. And but I but I went into Get Out thinking, okay, well this is this is unique. This is what, the kind of horror that I'm drawn to now, which is not like in your face gore fest. Mm-hmm. more of a thinking person's horror right i went in to get out and was completely blown away by what this man can do and so I was, i've he's on my list of i'll see anything he makes so when he was attached to this i thought okay well this can only be a good remake right like is there any yeah. way that he could make this bad <laughs> <laughs> but he's not directing it he's not directing it we get nia da costa directing it who mm-hmm. I guess she'd only made one other movie called Little Woods. Did you see that? I don't think I did. I'm trying to missing. I heard it was on. I don't Hulu. think I did. Yeah, I heard, I heard it's on Hulu now. It's got Tessa Thompson in it and Lily James. I haven't seen it. Oh I, no, I, I did not see, see that. that. Yeah. So she only made one other major film. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and I, I do know Jordan was attached at the very beginning, and then he backed off and put Neo on it. And I I think it was a record setting film. It was the first time a black woman had a a number one opening, I believe. Yeah, what did she dethrone? She dethroned something big. Halloween Kills. Yeah. Yeah, it came out. Yeah, Halloween Kills, which I mean, (laughs) popular. I don't know about good, but popular. (laughs) I think that's one I haven't seen. Oh, yeah. Evil evil dies that night, just so you know. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, just, Yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah so she dethroned like this you know this big franchise which is i mean that's pretty amazing do you have any idea why do you know any any information background on why jordan peele decided to step back from it i didn't say anything like that i mean just seeing it the way that the man works he probably has common sense just in the sense it's like hey do i need to do this as a good manager right do i actually need to do this or can i trust somebody with this work Okay. I think he made a great decision though. I yeah. Mean, I mean, he's honestly. pretty, he's pretty damn productive at changing film. So yeah. So I, I, yeah. And if he's, it's, it's, 
It's more interesting if you actually backtrack and watch some of his comedy just to see the fact the man can do humor so well and horror so well, just to be able to twist both of those at the same time. And this, and, and you know, none of his horror is funny. Right. Um, <laughs> it's horror. Right. It's yeah. good horror. So yeah, it's just the, the fact that the man can think that way actually scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> he, it is on my list to go back and watch some of his comedy stuff. It really is because, because of get out and because of us yeah. which i love us that one is yeah that one is phenomenal just off the charts phenomenal i feel okay. like we've got like this chance to have like like a real renaissance in the horror genre between like what he's doing and the stuff that like a24 puts out like hereditary or midsummer or mm-hmm. whatever you know there's this real real chance to kind of make it I don't want to call it respectable because I mean, I always felt like, you know, when you were watching like those slasher movies in the eighties that you wanted that to be respectable, but you know, people aren't going to look at that and not turn their nose up, but this (laughs) kind of stuff, they can, they can kind of wrap their heads around, you know? Yeah. And I actually uh, spent some time on monkey Paul productions, which is Jordan Peele's production company Mm -hmm. just to see. And I was like, they've got stuff coming. And I'm yeah. so looking forward to it. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I the trailer like, for that Nope movie that he's got coming out. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Oh one. no! Yes, you've got a. It looks like an alien abduction movie. Okay. It looks like an alien abduction movie, and it's it. <sighs> it's got some definite Jordan Peeleisms to it. The trailer just by itself. So, yeah, good and, stuff. And it, you know, speaking of luminaries, uh, it took me. It took me a while to realize after, again, binging probably six months ago and then binging again to realize that this is all based on Clive Barker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, but I, they, they kill him off right away, though. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think and I, I still haven't read the original story, but I think that that kind of feeds into like the, the problems with the originals yeah. is you have a British man writing black urban folk as horror elements. Oh, no, no. The original, that's all Bernard Rose. That's all. Well, it is. Uh, It is a white British man doing it, but it's not Clive Barker. It's Bernard (laughs) Rose that did that. It's his fault. He did that. His fault. He's the one that brought that (laughs) element in. This was all about like, I want to say Liverpool, like, okay, so it was Liverpool, but like, okay, white, white British people that, you know, poor white British people. But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so that was all Bernard Rose that he, he felt that, that there was a, a way to, speak about racism in that film when he's when he was adapting it and i guess he got a handshake deal with clive barker <laughs> that he was like yeah can i adapt your your movie and, and, and clive barker was like sure go ahead and this is you know that's what he did and clive barker was like what the hell was this <laughs> just happened yeah i definitely need to backtrack and and, and read that then <laughs> yeah 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 there's there's very few similarities to is there any black people in Clive's? Or like, I guess the, the Candyman is not the main character as a black slave. No, no, oh. uh-uh. no. Okay. No, there's not. There's, in fact, I don't well, even think there's a, a Candyman by that name. I think Candyman was. All right. Was so Clive is. Clive, for that. Clive is off the hook and his meter has <laughs> back up with me. Still <laughs> Clive always did. Right. But yeah. uh, love him even more again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not he's not the he's off the hook. Me. I like that, yeah. by the way. That's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah he didn't seem like an idiot so no. i was surprised when i saw the credits there and i was like really dude yeah yeah okay and so it wasn't him i love it what the hell clive <laughs> <laughs> oh well okay so let's talk about this movie let's talk about Candyman 2021 so mm-hmm. basically we open up with with 1977 cabrini green housing projects and a young man being to- made to go do the laundry basically his mom sends him to do the laundry and he encounters sherman fields who is a guy with a hook they call him the candy man because he hands out candy right mm-hmm. and and there's cops looking for him because apparently this we learn later in the movie but apparently the some little white girl in the suburbs got a razor blade and a piece of her candy at halloween and they came looking for sherman thinking that he was the one at fault but even after they caught him and the cops, by the way, what they reacted to the kid, I can't remember the kid's name now, but he's, he's in the movie later. Burke is what they call him later, but was it William? Uh, I can't I remember know. either. A little I'm kid. bad with names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the little kid, he, he like screams when he sees Sherman. Sherman comes out of the wall, which is crazy. He comes out of this gigantic, like freaking hole in the wall. <laughs> and he's got now, now if it's me and I'm trying to give candy to kids, even as something, you know, nice. And I've got a hook for a hand and people are already like, this guy's weird. I'm not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to leer at them the way that he leers at these kids because he <laughs> sure does. And he scares the crap out of William, which brings the, uh, the white cops in and they beat him to death, which is. And then of course you find out that he was innocent because more razor blades start appearing in candy, which isn't that an urban legend? I heard that that never actually happened. Like in like the, in like real life. I, I think I've legend. I think I've read that, but I've experienced that urban legend so heavily. You have? I, no, no. Oh, just oh. the fact that it was surrounding and so oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. It was so thick, just like the so, and and I feel like we should discuss Bloody Mary at some point too. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because where I well, I grew up in in Delaware, but my family in Jersey when I was around them. They had a whole full story about where the factory was located, that Mary, it was a mirror factory. And it was detailed. The story went on and on. I can remember very few elements of it, but people would tell this long story about how there was this affair and all this other stuff and she was abused or, and then that like something happened in the mirror factory and that's how she got trapped in the mirrors. Oh my God. That's crazy. (laughs) So... (laughs) It's, it's interesting uh, how that gets built on. And that actually plays into this, right? Like the, like yeah. how urban folklore gets built upon and you get more and more like folds or layers to it. Mm-hmm. And one of those interesting things that they really play with in this movie is, is that. Yeah. And I, I also feel like the beginning, I, it was interesting seeing some of the elements because I, I grew up in uh, section eight housing and sure. we would watch we would have to watch each other as we just went to take the trash out to mm. the dumpster. So like one person would stand at the back door so that they could yell back if something happened. And then the other person would take the trash down. So it kind of rem- reminds me of the laundromat scene where he's like going in and everyone's kind of keeping an eye out or warning, or there's all this fear just around doing daily chores. And then there's also the community aspect of like the, the candy lady. My sister actually sells uh, candles and one of them is called the, the candy lady because it's named after the the lady in the neighborhood 
that would have candy for everybody. And it was just this thing that would just just be around like uh, the kind of rip off Cabbage Patch dolls where people would just start sewing them and selling their own dolls and stuff so that, <laughs> nice. so that everybody could be included. Yeah, right. That's that's pretty cool, actually. That's interesting. Was that in Delaware that you were in Section 8 housing? Yeah, it was that before was... it's before we met. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember much about like where you lived, but. Yeah, it was it was called Capital Green. That I it was down in Dover, and I Green. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I had had some friends come over. He was a martial arts guy, and it was kind of funny because I was like, "Oh man, I forgot my key. I have to go to the office and get the key." And yeah. he's like, "Oh, you're gonna leave me here alone?" <laughs> two, minutes, two minutes ago, he was uh, talking about inventing his own martial arts system, <laughs> but I have to go pick up a key for like you know ten minutes, and he's all like, "I'm gonna get murdered." I was like, "Dude, <laughs> it's Delaware, like." Nicole. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> murdered. Did he ever come up with his own martial arts? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure he did for like 15 minutes and then <laughs> hopefully he met a girl and got distracted. So <laughs> that's the best case scenario, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after after Sherman gets murdered, we kind of flash forward 20, 20, 40 years later, right? But 30 years after. The original Candyman. And guys, we're, just so you know, we're going to spoil this movie. This is what we do. We're, we're going to talk through the whole thing. Anthony McCoy is an artist, which kind of is a reflection of the original Candyman, right? Because he was a portrait yeah. artist. And uh, he and his girlfriend live in the Cabrini Green. Well, no, they don't. Do they? They don't live in Cabrini Green, do they? I think Because they... he goes to the row houses later, yeah, that was kind of confusing, but I realized that was taken off of the first one too, where they, I think they took over a different project. Okay. And then right. the and then the first movie, they actually said they built the projects, but then realized there was no separation from the rest of the community, so they yeah. actually turned it into condos instead. Right. So there's kind of a theme of gentrification that carries through at least the first film and this film. Right, yeah, completely forgotten about in the second, and I'm sure the third, what parts I didn't see of it. <laughs> <laughs> but so they, they live in a, they live in a gentrified area of Chicago, and he is looking to kind of rekindle his artistic spark. So he goes to Caprini Green after he gets pushed by this artist, this uh, art dealer named Clive, by the way. oh i didn't even pick up on it oh yeah clive who's gonna die later they're gonna knife clive right (laughs) off the bat he's the first one to go so no second one because his girlfriend goes first but but (laughs) post haste they get rid of clive (laughs) but uh, clive is pushing him to be like the what did they call him they think he called him like the great black hope of the chicago art scene yeah i I think one of the interesting things to me when this film came out is there was all this talk about reclaiming black suffering or black pain or something. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? And then I went back and I watched the original films. I was like, Oh, that's Uh what you're talking about. (laughs) But, but also he gets prodded into experiencing pain and going back to your roots and 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 all this other stuff. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a jab at like that whole thing of the, you know, black kind of the strong black woman or, the black man suffering and all this. So it was kind of uh, poking fun at that, I think, which I kind of enjoyed. And of course he gets murdered for it. But. <laughs> well. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, but he goes, so he goes to Cabrini Green to get like this, this feel for, you know, something that can maybe connect him with what could be, you know, he, cause he wants to do a project about Cabrini Green, about the gentrification of Cabrini Green. And he meets, he meets Burke there who is the kid from the beginning of the movie and Burke starts telling him about the candy man. <laughs> and he's like, what's candy man. <laughs> he has this, he had this look on his face when he said, what's candy man. I was like, Oh God, dude, don't No, You don't want to know about this. man. What are you doing? <laughs> like, like I was immediately like, no, don't ask that. <laughs> But you know, he tells him he tells him that if you say if you say Candyman five times in the mirror, then Sherman's spirit will will be summoned and kill the summoner, not Daniel Robitaille, but Sherman, which is like your first. It's like the first like point in what's going to later become what they're going to call the Candyman Hive. Yeah, which is which is an interesting concept. I really actually really like this concept because. To me, and I might I might be off on this, but to me, it seems like it it deals with like generational trauma and like the expression of that. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with that. I also think it's one thing for some reason that I never caught on with the very first movie. It never registered as a thing. I always felt like a spinoff. But Helen, at the end of the first Candyman movie, becomes Candyman. Right. I was going to ask you about that. Do you think Helen's part of the Candyman hive at this point? I, I don't I really know. don't like that. <laughs> I know it's it's like I feel like if she is, then if Jordan Peele loses control, she's going to end up running the hive. Oh shit! Like she's the new Beyonce, Queen Bee of <laughs> man. <laughs> like no, please no, don't do it. <laughs> God, yeah, that would be terrible. See, it feels like if jordan peele were to lose control over that that's where this would go like this would go downhill like if yeah. they give this to any other like auteur or no, not auteur because they're either going to give it to just some you know some schlub that'll just do whatever which is what they did with the third one <laughs> but like uh, like they would latch on to rather the rather the themes of the the first movie and like themes through like the black community they would latch on to the fact that, hey, there's a white person in this, the Candyman hive, and we can make this work. Yeah, especially if you, if there's another leftover Baywatch actress. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine, like, Pam Anderson, this, at her, currently at her current age, being the next, in the next Candyman movie? My God. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think actually, yeah, at the end of both this one and you know, even at the end of this one, the, the, well, I guess we can skip to the end or at least talk about the end, but yeah, the you woman, know, a, yeah. a woman says Candyman five times yeah. and they, in theory, have a license to carry on the torch or something similar, Right. but it never, it never actually happens. So I right. do feel like they might be playing with that a little bit because that was in the first one and it's in this one as well. Yeah. So. I'd be curious to see. Yeah, I kind of like to still see Candyman. I like to see people be their own thing. Yeah. So it, I'd yeah. like for Candyman be Candyman for a while. Right. Especially like in an actual black horror movie, which this one was. So it's like if we can get one more, it's kind of like the discussion about should Black Panther be replaced by his niece or is it his niece? 
or his sister. His sister, sister yeah. Shuri. Yeah, but it's like, can we just have like another black dude like one more time? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I, there's a, there's a huge like fan support for recasting the role. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, Chadwick Boseman was great in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really sad that he died, but we can have that still. Yeah. There are plenty of other another black man. Good, yeah. Another black man can have a job. Yes. Right. Literally. <laughs> Let them have it. Well, come on now. They don't want to do that. <laughs> Who wants to be a superhero? Nobody wants to work. <laughs> nice. No one wants to work anymore. So, so he Anthony gets inspired after he after he meets Burke, and he starts to make a he makes an elaborate piece of art based on Candyman, and it is basically a mirror that opens up to a bunch of different like pieces of art that he's put together that, that kind of symbolize Candyman and the, and the, the story to him. He calls it say my name. Damn. dude. Yeah. I, I like, actually didn't even catch that the first time I saw the movie. I caught it on the third time. I was like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is because the first time I'm, I'm just digging the movie. The se- yeah. second time I'm looking for stuff. And the third time I'm just kind of like experiencing it and, Say my name. Wow. And then and then there's the, the scene where he says where they actually say his name. Yeah. And he's cast? like, they said my name. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, way to drill that in. And still I didn't catch it the first few times. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's that's a an important statement to be making based on what Candyman is. Like ties it to the it ties it to this time and place i think but i also and i I did i think this movie did it well but i also feel like the whole Candyman mythos is it's kind of weak and like what's this dude up to right like like and and this one he came off as kind of a justice fulfiller but you know he also occasionally just murders random people right now one and children yeah yeah exactly and so yeah i think that's that's a weakness in the whole all of them and the whole mythos right now is he and it's part of again it's like tony todd showed up for 15 minutes total over the course of 20 years so what else do you expect but it, it would be nice to actually like and i guess you don't get that with any like horror prop character which at the end of the day he still is but to try to give him a story and then not finish it yeah well i mean we don't know what he's up to like if there's a sequel to this it's like i don't know what it's going to be based on he's not going to be justice candy man right like how does that work yeah because you know i mean it doesn't it doesn't really speak to what we know of the character which again like you said it's kind of limited what we know about the character Mm -hmm. yeah they keep telling things about him but i don't know nothing about him (laughs) (laughs) good point good point yeah so after the art show the art dealer clive gets on anthony's case for basically for hogging the critic because he's talking the critic up when she's watching his looking at his piece and i don't know if anthony or uh, if anthony was supposed to be drunk or what or if he just had enough of clive because i didn't see him drinking that much but he was acting a little drunk at the end at the end of that that scene yeah right? that's true he must have got drunk like super fast <laughs> yeah 
lightweight, <laughs> like right? Everclear. Yeah. <laughs> Straight in the IV. Yeah, that's that's true. He wasn't drinking all night. No. He was just moody. Yeah. But he's an artist, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Did do you think that like that was a Candyman's influence? Oh. That well, just came that, to me, like like just now. I was just thinking about that. It could be because the whole bee sting thing, I'm still dwelling on. I think it was stung by the bee beforehand, before yeah, before that. Yeah, because that's when he goes to he finds that church, which we'll play in later. Yeah. <laughs> but right before his hand starts to go all brundle fly on us. Well, but, and that, and that's one of the things. Like even later, that that character does not have. His per his the reasoning for his behavior is not fully explained, right? And I, and I think that's another weakness. Like at the tail end when he's just sitting there letting everything happen to him, right? Uh, and then I don't know. This he kind of gets hollowed out mm-hmm. at the end. So again, we still don't have any actual motivation or idea, or the mythos again becomes kind of weak, right? I think I, I really do think that's like a weakness of the, the third act of this movie is that you don't know how we go from Burke being like like federable like denizen of Cabrini Green just like you know telling stories about Candyman to like mad scientist creating a Frankenstein's monster of Candyman right like <laughs> there's just no progression there so yeah. I, I just feel like that's that is a weakness. I feel like there's stuff maybe on the cutting room floor. I want I want to say they tried to keep this as close to 90 minutes as possible. Yeah. I, I was hoping that there would be like a director's cut on disc or something, but there's not. Yeah, and I haven't looked closely at the writing credits and maybe they just maybe this is the type of thing they knew they could get out and make money. <laughs> maybe, know. maybe. Yeah. Maybe they'll explain it later. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But after Anthony has his has, has his drunken fit, fit his drunken rage throw he throws his drunken rage at Clive. Mm-hmm. Clive basically Clive and his girlfriend get murdered because she calls Candyman. Which I want to point out, I don't know if this is true or not. Yeah, but I don't think throughout any of the four films, any black person. Actually, there's one, Sabrina, one of the sisters of maybe Burke. Yeah, Burke's sister. Yeah, yep. I think that's the only one in all th- four series that says Candyman. <laughs> and it reminds me, it reminds me of one of the 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 brother who, who earlier in this film says black people don't need to be summoning shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And even even Anthony's mom, who by the way, is the mom from the original Candyman. Yes. It turns out that Anthony is baby Anthony from the original Candyman, the kid that was brought out of the fire by Helen Lyle. Yeah. And I keep forgetting that. And I've watched I watched it. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a that's a nice touch, right? Mm-hmm. But it, even even his mother, when he goes to talk to her, he mentions Candyman and she's like, uh uh-uh, no 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 no. We yeah. we don't talk about yeah we don't talk about Bruno. No. Yeah we don't talk about Bruno exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, she man, I think honestly I think the only black person that summons him is is his girlfriend at the end what's his girlfriend's name oh she's the second then because yeah, there's yeah. one oh that's right yeah. because the sister yeah burke's sister and that both happened in this film right yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting the one made by black folk 
is when they actually start to say it. Because I, I do think there's a mix between, I mean, Black religiosity is its own thing. And the thing is, is like, we tend to take things for real. But when it's put through a white lens, it's it's taken as superstition. Right. Even, even though there's this massive population that eats the body and blood and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> some, somehow the rest of it is all superstition and, and crazy. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, well we could... We could probably <laughs> go on for hours about how that's basically it, it, that's that's just another method to keep the the narrative going about yes. black people. But yes. but we, I don't let's not get bogged down in that. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. So he Brianna is the girlfriend's name, by the way. I, I knew I'd remember it eventually when I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> so he he basically becomes obsessed with the Candyman and the mythos of Candyman. He does some investigating into Helen Lyle. And I don't know if this is like Virginia Madsen, like recording new dialogue, or if this was cut stuff from the original movie, but that is Virginia Madsen's voice from the original movie. And she has her own mythos too, by the way, Virginia Madsen's character. In the original movie, she didn't cut off the head of the dog. She right. didn't make snow angels in the blood. Right. <laughs> yeah. She didn't like bring the baby to be burned at the thing. Like there's a whole folklore that's evolved around what Helen Lyle did. And it turned yeah. her into the villain, which is yeah. really, really interesting. Right. It's, especially since at the end of Candyman, they all uh, have a procession to yeah. her funeral. Right. So basically like if that happened, like, who propagated that myth about her being evil since everybody in the neighborhood said she was okay. Right. Right. That, or actually maybe, I don't think I misread that. Maybe they actually came in and said, Hey, you're Candyman, bitch. Because, <laughs> the, you know, the end of the procession was them coming in and throwing the hook into her casket as she's being buried. That's true. So I guess I, I read that initially as them, letting her off the hook oh God. but i guess maybe it was oh like God. literally like saying hey you're candy man bitch this goes with you i guess yeah yeah so i don't well, know she's huh. got it later right when she goes after her husband she's that, got that oh, hook yeah. in her hand so i guess yeah i guess that was more of a passing of the torch huh that thing huh passing of the torch to a white lady okay sure <laughs> yeah i was sense. totally expecting a sequel with well there was a two sequels with white ladies but not how i expected you still have to have the evil guy. hey they weren't completely white those ladies <laughs> had black ancestors so they, they, they did they, yeah, way, so way 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 back way back. way 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 back <laughs> so so there's there's he finds out through the helen lyle stuff and through burke that there was another Candyman. It wasn't just Sherman, that there was Daniel Robitaille who was murdered for having an interracial affair. Then we also find out about that it that the legend kind of renews generationally with the souls of other murdered Black men. They talk about George Stinney, who Sad to say, but I had no idea who that that kid was until this movie. I looked it up for this movie. Do you know about George Stinney? Remind me. I know I looked it up at one point, but he was a 14 year old who was executed for, I want to say it was 
exactly that. I, they, they blamed him for raping a white woman. And, and this is where it gets, this is where it gets really gross. I guess he didn't, he was too small for the electric chair. So they had to put, they had to put books underneath him and it took a lot longer than it needed to. Yeah. To do that. So, yeah. So they talk about him. They talk about that, that fellow that was dragged behind the truck. That was out here in Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I forget his name, but yeah, that was not too far from where I am. Not, not that long (laughs) ago either. Really. Right. Wasn't that like within the last 20 years? Yeah, absolutely. I think it might've been almost 20 years ago, but I mean, when I moved to Texas, I was in an interracial relationship at the time. And yeah. that, that same weekend, some couple got beat because they, one was the, the guy was black and the woman was white and someone just pulled over and this is in liberal Austin. I just beat the shit out of them just for being there. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I did. I, I do remember them like intertwining, like kind of a timeline. And they spread it out enough to make it more meaningful and 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 educate at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But he so we learn about that that that's what makes up the Candyman Hive. This mm-hmm. these years and years and decades and decades of black men being murdered for crimes that they didn't commit or for just for being black, and the legend continues to spread throughout the community and of course (laughs) there's one of my favorite one of my favorite cuts in this movie is i'm pretty sure it's brianna who says who the hell would say Candyman into a mirror five times and they cut to white teenage girls standing in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) and i I thought that's precisely who would do it (laughs) man yeah and as much as we did bloody or talked about bloody mary i can't remember ever as a kid anyone actually finishing the job we did a lot of other stupid shit but we never said bloody mary enough times for it to happen (laughs) Uh, i did i said bloody mary (laughs) the rumor for okay for me bloody mary since we're on the topic let's talk about bloody mary for me the rumor about bloody mary the folklore about bloody mary was in england when i moved to england was it i was seven or eight at the time and we lived in this gigantic, like, multifamily, like, mansion house that the U.S. government had, like, leased from the Brits. And there was, <laughs> they had the third floor of this thing closed off. You weren't allowed on the third floor. So, of course, the rumor was that one of the, one of the servants there had killed herself. Her name was Mary. And that if you went to the third floor bathroom and you said Bloody Mary three times in the mirror, she would appear behind you. She didn't. I mean, (laughs) it is just folklore, right? So, you know, she might have been, she might have been at a different mirror. Yeah. (laughs) Can't be every place at once, right? (laughs) Somebody might have called her right before it was me. So she was busy at that time. So I got off, I got off the hook. Yes. So just don't do it again. There's someone behind you, by the way. (laughs) You know, what's funny is there usually there's a picture of my wife right there. You can kind of see it down in the corner there. You see that? I have it up there sometimes. So like when we're doing like work meetings or whatever, it looks like a picture of her. So, so actually that that should have left it there. I don't know why I took it down. (laughs) But so, yeah, so the legend spreads. Meanwhile, Anthony is starting to, 
like I said before, his hand is starting to brundle fly out, man. Like yeah. he's starting to pick at that thing and just stuff like big chunks of stuff is coming off of him. And I'm like, this is really getting gross, man. I don't know. Like, and, and this is kind of where his personality as a whole disappears, even though he's confronts his mom about being the Candyman bonfire baby, you know, but he's still, he's like going and doing all these confrontations, but his whole personality through the rest of the film literally just keeps getting diluted yeah. more and more and more. So, which I guess, yeah, I don't, I, I still have feelings about that. I don't know what they are yet. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if it's deliberate. I wonder if the reason for it is that he's supposed to be being supplanted by the Candyman personality, like the the Hive personality or something. If that's what they were going for, they didn't. I feel like they didn't do that very well. Then you know, like now, I I think there's again too much subtlety. Maybe it's still a little too British in the whole mythos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things with the mirror. I think the the second sequel addressed the mirror stuff again a little bit, but it's still off to the side. And the way there's bees and there's mirrors. Yeah, and there's bees in mirrors, <laughs> and it's more just playing towards uncanniness yeah. than actual story or right. like than anything. Right, it's like they're just doing something just to be a little bit spooky. Yeah. So he he does though. He goes to talk to his mom, and that's when we that's the big reveal. That's when we find out that that he is baby Anthony. Yes. Bonfire baby. Bonfire baby. That's <laughs> how I'm going to refer to him from now on. Bonfire baby. So he, while he's off running around, his girlfriend starts to get a little curious and a little worrisome. You know, for first she thinks he's being violent towards her, you know, just in general, right? Doesn't realize yeah. there's something else going on. So there's this great scene where her and her brother come in and they're like, we're taking all of her stuff <laughs> and we are leaving. <laughs> she's trying to shush him up and she he's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna have my say to nobody to nobody nobody. (laughs) (laughs) and 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 she finds the pen from the from the laundromat so she goes to Mm -hmm. the laundromat gets trapped there because burke needs a witness oh well yeah that's that is part of the whole thing like throughout all of the the series i guess we can call it a series loosely loosely affiliated series it's it's this old prospect from the 80s and 90s of horror movies where you have to believe and and belief gives it power Mm. and and you have to like say things out loud so i think at the at the very end he actually tells her tell everyone yeah 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 yeah. tony todd when he makes his three second appearance yes hope he got a paycheck cgi tony todd too because <laughs> seriously that's not, yeah that's not how he oh. now he's yeah, young in true. that he's young in that that beehive yeah. there yeah so so yeah so burke kidnaps her ties her to a chair in the church meanwhile anthony is just sitting there like yeah. you said like hollowed out he's just not there anymore and, and he's never said Candyman, i don't think and I don't think he ever submitted like throughout the other films. There's always this request of Candyman for folks to submit. Right. So, so again, be it's my a victim, it's, be my witness, be my yeah. whatever, right. Just a give in or else I'll kill the bonfire baby. <laughs> so <laughs> why would, I don't understand why he even went after the bonfire baby to begin with, but he said he had to shed innocent blood because nobody believes in him anymore. Right. Because the gang guy was keeping his his 
name going, keeping the fear going. Again, there, there's that's well, that's exactly what you were just talking about, right? You've got to fear, you've got to believe, you've got to yeah. give it power, kind of like Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street, where you have, I mean, that's how they that's how they defeated him at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street, right? She's like, I'm taking away every bit of power I ever gave to you. I don't believe in you anymore. And he just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, I'm not sure how many other horror entities have this prospect of being an innocent person. And right. then because you piss them off, they just start slaughtering anybody on God's green earth just for the fuck of it, just to be <laughs> believed in. It's like, oh, you got to believe in me. I got to start killing. Not even like uh, you should have done this. Not, hey, don't stop doing this. Hey, this is unjust. It's just like, oh, nobody <laughs> believes in me anymore. Nobody's looking at my gold necklace. Hey, aren't I pretty? Call me daddy. You know, it's like, it's so <laughs> weird that, <laughs> I mean, I love the Candyman series, but you know, the more, since I, basically binged most of them twice don't <laughs> i don't think either of us are going to watch the third or finish the third even oh, for academic God, no. purposes mm-hmm. but yeah it's i love i love the series but it's a it's a weakness in the mythos that they don't definitely kind of delve into it more definitely but yeah well i like what you're saying there though innocent guy who if you don't believe in him he's just going to start you know like he's been slaughtering people yeah. like i mean that's it- he goes he goes from zero to 60 with yeah. no explanation at all. I guess he's the ultimate geek. It's like, <laughs> will you be my friend? What? <laughs> what do you mean no? All of a sudden, he has a rifle. No, dude. <laughs> Let's get some dominoes. <laughs> so, so in the end, really, what happens is Sherman turns bonfire baby into Candyman. he turns him into the next Candyman. he cuts off his arm he doesn't make a peep like did yeah. he have him did he, did he have him under a trance is he in a fugue state what's what's going on here right yeah maybe he wasn't a fugue state i mean he went they... from he went from absolute rage yeah to a delve into a fugue stick so yeah Maybe yeah. they mentioned they mentioned that Helen was in a fugue state when they found her. Oh, that's true. So maybe that's okay. So maybe that's the connection there. Maybe yeah, that's we, the connection. Okay. Yeah, we, we we shouldn't have to have this discussion to make that connection in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that is the connection that it's they a, had in the writer's room and then cut right. and put on the, the cutting room floor. Yeah. Right, right. It's in the deleted <laughs> scenes in the on the disc. We'll never see. Right. Yeah. Right. So he's basically set it up so that the cops are going to show up. They're going to find Anthony with the hook in his hand or forehand, and they're going to kill him, thus perpetuating the Candyman cycle, which yeah. is exactly what happens. They, they break in, they murder him, and he becomes the Candyman. There's yeah. no process there. Like, it's instant, too. Like, he's dead. He's the Candyman. Yeah. He doesn't go through Man, anything. If, if, no... that really, if that really happened... Yeah. This 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 country would be interesting, right? Now. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It's like, really? Right? That's all. That's all we need to become uh, horror superheroes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That see, maybe that's what needs to happen. <laughs> I'm just interested in the fact that like, dude went right, basically went from corpse to Candyman. There's no like Candyman training. It's a hive. You'd think that like you'd have to get like be like okay. So this is what you do. Like here's how you well, use the the super highway no, no, to no, get no. to places. See, right. See, a hive is a hive. Oh, that's true. But, yeah, a hive mind. Starting to think of the Borg now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeez, that's a good point. So like 
he's got it all neoed right into his brain immediately, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And then he goes on a rampage and he kills the cops, but only after Brianna calls him. And she candy hands him. And she lives. And she lives, yeah. Because he needs her to tell, he needs her to be his witness. He says, tell everyone, right? Yeah. Or Tony Todd does anyway. Tony Todd tells her to tell everyone. Okay, that's why she lives. She's the witness. She's the witness, yeah. Yeah. And it ends there. It ends there, which I think that's a great way to end it, right? Just leave it on that, and people are like, holy shit. (laughs) It's the same way the first one ended, in a way. True. I still still think it lends itself to spinning off to a sequel with, well, the the, the first one would have been a woman as Candyman, which I'm glad did not happen. Candy, candy lady. Candy know. lady? Oh, no. <laughs> Peppermint Patty. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. There's a trademark there. I don't know if they'd be able to do that. And I'm sure, I mean, if this goes on for too much longer, I'm sure they'll do it and that'll be fine. But I would like to see one or two more actual black horror movies with Candyman in it. Yeah. And then spin off to Peppermint Patty. I mean, Later. they don't have to do that. I don't think it's going to be fine either. I mean, look what they did. They did that like straight away with the sequels. Two there years, three that. years after that. Like, nah, I'm okay without doing that. I, Let's. I, I'd almost rather that. see something set in like the early 1900s or like go back in time. Ooh, earlier Candyman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, do that. Do that shit. Oh, I like that. That's kind of what they're doing with the new Predator movie. They're doing the new Predator movie is going to be called Prey, and it's going to take place in like the American Plains in the 1800s or something like that. Oh, all right. I mean, at least it's different, <laughs> right? Like, it's yeah, different. So, sure. I mean, they already put him in outer space. I think was that yeah. with Jason or with someone else? Um, Predator v aliens. Alien. Predators versus okay. aliens. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then they went to it. They they put. They put Adrian Brody and like Topher Grace on another planet with him. So <laughs> <It> should be <laughs> because those are the guys. Those are the guys that you want in your in your in your sci-fi badass movie. You go from Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers to freaking that. It's like what? <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> geeks. Topher Grace. <laughs> Nothing oh. says badassery like Topher Grace. Anyway, that's a different movie for a different discussion. But so. We like to. Which, one thing we didn't talk about was the the shadow the shadow puppetry. I know about that. I love that. I was such I a lo- great. I loved it, and I kept meaning to look up. There, there's this movie when I did Creative Commons and Intellectual Property Workshops. I used to show a movie called Sita Sings the Blues, and they used okay. a lot of Indonesian puppetry. So I, I didn't do. I didn't get a chance to do any research into like who did uh, the puppetry in this or what it was inspired by. But uh, I totally loved it. The cynical part of me said that, oh, they're just trying to get out of giving royalties to prior actors as they <laughs> tell their stories <laughs> through puppets. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that goes back to my my talks on intellectual property and so right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was gorgeous, and you know, I loved it from beginning to end. Yeah. The movie was gorgeous, like really, really well shot. Holy cow. Yeah. And I, and I really liked that they delved in and kept the, the motif of him being an artist and then like bringing it into a more modern setting and like with all this gorgeous art all around. And yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was one of the enjoyable parts. Definitely. Definitely. So on our scale, we do keep rent or return. 
I think returns straight out at this point. Was this a keeper for you or is this a rent? I think this is a keep. Yeah, I purchased it. I even went back and I, I purchased the original. I even purchased the second one, but mostly out of spite. The third one, do you have a fourth category? I guess not. Maybe use like the one of the infinity gems to like wink it out of existence or something. There you go. Yeah. Why not? The third yeah. one. Yikes. I, I think before we started recording, we both mentioned it's worth bearing for other people that neither of us could finish yeah. the third one. And that it basically Candyman's descendant was a character from Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, a busty, yeah. white, pale, blonde character. In her underwear for most of the part that I saw. So, yeah. So, which I mean, and you still couldn't watch it. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like if, if you're going to put a Baywatch babe in her underwear and I'm still going to turn it off, you're doing something wrong, sir. Doing something wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. <laughs> so, just, yeah. I'm with you. I, this is a keep for me. I don't have the physical copy of this yet. I bought it digitally. I did too. Yeah. But I tend to buy physical copies of things that I really enjoy. Like I, I, a while ago, I had bought the original Candyman. Scream Factory put out a, a two-disc set that had like the rated and unrated cuts of Candyman, which is basically just a little bit more gore in the unrated cuts, but it's got some great like special features like interviews and and audio commentaries i love audio commentaries just like to listen to people talk about what they've made if they're you yeah know, if they're willing to the new Candyman disc does not have audio commentary on it so i'm a little disappointed in that but it does have some interviews with nia da costa i do want to hear more from her about mm-hmm. what she has to say about it so there is, is- a the digitally there was a roundtable discussion about Candyman and black horror which I thought was really uh, a really interesting piece to watch. I wish I could remember what it was called, but it's it's really good. I don't know where you bought it. Did you buy it on iTunes or which one? Oh, I the got original, or the new the sequel or this one. I got them on Amazon. On Amazon, Prime. okay. Evil, yeah. Evil. <laughs> you gave Jeff evil.com. Evil. <laughs> well, at least you're funding the next the next mission into space to go and take pictures of the Earth. Yes, for their Christmas cards. Okay, so that's 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 it. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we uh, before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I'm. I think the last thing I did was look up what Nia DaCosta is doing next. Marvel so. movie. <laughs> Marvel, yeah, yeah. The next Captain Marvel, I think, which I think will be great because it actually has the actress that played Brianna in it. She's going to be, or she is, Monica Rambeau from the comics. So that's that'll be fun. Nice. I thought she did pretty good. I, th- I liked her in this movie too. So actually, actually, I think everybody did a really good job in this movie. Speaking of Marvel movies, next on this show is Shang-Chi. We're going to be going back in time to watch Shang-Chi. Jennifer will be back for that next week. Rich, I really appreciate you filling in for this one. And I'd love to have you back as, as often as you're willing. <laughs> yep, I'm sure we'll find time. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll we got to find something good to talk about, and maybe 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 we'll go do the maybe we'll do the Candyman retrospective. We'll go back and do oh, like two and three. Jeez, no, 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 nah, two and three. Nah, I don't want to. I want to just. Nice. I just want to imagine there's the original, and then there's the new and improved version because I do think yes. that this new and improved version is new and improved, yes. even with its flaws. So yes, absolutely, yeah, definitely. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you right here next week on the couch. Thank you for listening to A View from the Couch. We value your feedback. Please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, 
iTunes, or your preferred podcast listening app. You can reach us on Facebook by searching at A View From The Couch, on Twitter at View underscore Couch, or by emailing us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye. See ya.